are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that, and like you, right now. So be encouraged. And let your light shine. shine. I'm just going to start commenting on your cheaters every week because those look like a new pair. I brought these from work. (laughs) They came (laughs) home with me from work, which works for tonight, but it won't work tomorrow morning when they're not at work. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I show up at home. Where's my glasses? I won't have them. leave them them all around the house. I used to have like five around the house. I'm starting to, yes. She was saying her collection, really working at it. So, how did you find out five years ago that you had ADHD? I started, I think I read something online about adult ADHD, and I thought, wait a minute, I think I have it. It was like right down the line, I had everything. And then you look back over your whole entire life? Once I realized, once I was diagnosed with it, I realized a lot of stuff in my life was caused by that. I mean, a lot of my decisions were maybe not good, good decisions. I was kind of impulsive and unfocused. What's it called? It's not the kind where you're like, you know, bouncing off Fidgety. the walls. It's not that kind. But as I was mm-hmm. sitting in the psychologist's office, she said, you can't concentrate on things. There's a word for it, but I don't remember. I lost the word. Anyway. <laughs> so in <laughs> the last five <laughs> years, what do you do when you're an adult at your age? Do you learn new tools? I don't know. I tried medicine and that didn't work at all. It just made me hyper crazy, huh. sweat and hot and tried me on three different things and it didn't work. But I just now I realize, okay, that's why I'm doing you, that. You notice. Oh, I that's just why that. I've lost interest in that. Because I get like, when I do, I get like hyper focused on something. I want to do this right now and all the time. That's all I want to do. I don't want to clean the house, don't want to do the dishes, nothing. Like Lionel Cut or something like that. You know, just. Um, I was going to say, it sounds very Chris like. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's all I do. And then I do it and then I'm, I'm done with that and I'll go to something else. And I, I get books out of the library and learn how to do things that way. And. But I, I kind of feel like maybe it's not a complete disadvantage because I think that yeah. I've learned a lot of things in my life and done a lot of things in my life. Yeah. I mean, I, oh, did you see the list of yes. hobbies? I said <laughs> there are 50 things on there. <laughs> and I've built two houses, designed and built two houses and you know worked on cars and all kinds of stuff. I feel like you know, I've had fun. It has served you well in some aspects. Yes, yes. But my house is always a mess and... That's not a good thing most of the time. But. Yeah. Looking back on it, when you think about your marriage and divorce, did that play it could have play an impact it. in that? It could have. I'd want to do something and you know get like real focused on it, and at the cost of everything else. Yeah. <laughs> so it can be a well. You live with somebody that is kind of like that a little bit too. So yeah. Is it a hard thing to live with? No, I just think that you change your expectations. Yeah. And I think you have to do that. People are just different in general, mm-hmm. so you change expectations. But specifically for ADD, ADHD people, mm-hmm. I've worked on appreciating the things that he learns and does and becomes rather than, I think it's really easy to focus on some of the annoying things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like you were just saying, I think it served me well. I think I've had and learned so much. And I feel the same way about Chris. He knows how to do a million things. Yeah. He is absolutely fascinating. You never and get so, really bored for very long anyway. And then, you know, you're onto something new. Right. 
I lose things all the time. I, mean, I left my phone at home. I mean, I never know, you know, I walk into a room, what am I in here for? You know, just, I'd be driving down the road, like Chris was saying the other day. He does that. I have no idea how I got here. Where am I going? I mean, you know, just, I have to focus on something other than stuff going on in my mind that I want to do. <laughs> He'll take a turn and I'm like, where are you going? Mm-hmm. Oh, we have this at our house. And at our house, it's keys, wallets, glasses. <laughs> Order another pair of glasses. <laughs> oh my I've gosh. So many. That's why go. <laughs> and boarding school? Yeah. A couple years. Ten Were you homesick at all? No. You're like, woohoo, college I, early. I had gone to Crestview and I didn't like it at all. I was super shy. I had one friend, really, and she kind of had reached out to me. And I partly I was so interested in art. I just wanted to do art. And as a freshman and sophomore, you Arts and elective, and seniors get first choice, and then the juniors, and I didn't have choices. I couldn't even do any art there. At uh, boarding school, they had a huge art room, and you could do whatever you wanted. I took ceramics. You could make jewelry, weaving, you know, just whatever you wanted to do. And you had time, because you're on campus all the time. You could go over, like, after school and throw all evening in the pottery room. It was great. I loved it. And it's very small. I think there were 80 people in the whole high school when I was there. Oh, wow. So you get to know people really well, and they're all, a lot of them are, I, can't, I think I was kind of a, a hippie a little bit, you know, and then that didn't go well in Crestview. <laughs> so, what year, what, was that the early 70s? Yeah, I would have graduated in 75, and I got to boarding school, and I thought, they're all like me. They're all hippies at yes, boarding school. it was wonderful. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> Were you born into a Quaker family? No. Okay, so no. you just, that was the right school fit for you. I, one of my friends, my, my best friend through elementary school, my one, one friend through elementary school went to friends boarding school. She was a Quaker. I went to visit her and I loved it. And my dad knew, well, my mom too, they knew I wasn't happy at Crestview. And my friend's mom talked with my mom and dad and said, you know, she could go there too. And they asked me and I said, yes, because I had visited and I just loved it. I went and it was wonderful. It's so interesting just feel like you don't meet very many people who have had that experience. That's a very And then my sister went experience. there, too. Margaret went, too. Were you there at the same time? One year we were there at the same time. She came in as a freshman and I was a junior. She was a lot more popular. <laughs> <laughs> did you have more than one friend when you went there? I did, yeah. Hey, sometimes that's all you need is one good friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome, Shine podcast listeners. It's Elizabeth. It's Catherine. And I'm Catherine. I have the privilege of being in the recording studio with Catherine Holm and Catherine Holm. That's right. Welcome, Kathy. It's so great to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited. Good. Kathy was born in Aurora, Illinois, which was a suburb of Chicago. And when she was 18 months old, her family moved to Cleveland, where she lived until she was eight. And then they bought a small farm south of Columbiana, and she grew up in this area, was a Crestview rebel. You weren't? I went to Crestview. What were you back then? I don't know. I never went to any games. I wasn't into sports at all. Oh, Okay. (laughs) I would not have called myself a Crestview Rebel. <laughs> she boycotted she the Rebels. She was uninvolved. She attended the school of Crestview. <laughs> <laughs> and had one sweet friend there who talked her in to leaving Crestview and going to a friend's boarding school, which was a Quaker school for her 10th and 11th grade. Mm-hmm. And then she had enough at 11th grade and took the ACT and got accepted into college. They didn't, they don't do this nowadays. You know, I'm just going to skip my senior year. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so lucky you, you just went straight to college. 
as a senior in high school to study art at Wilmington College, which is another Quaker school, and left there in her junior year. I left for a different reason. Though. Oh, what was it? Love? Pregnancy. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because the Quakers probably did not. Oh, they were fine with it. it oh, they that. were? <laughs> oh, <Okay. laughs> they were great. Tell us the story. I was pregnant. I found out right at the end of my junior year, and I decided I was going to keep the baby. All my friends were saying, why don't you just have an abortion? My roommate at the time had had three before college. So I said, no, I want this baby. And that was Laura. That was Laura. Okay, she left school, not because she didn't like it, because she loved the art that she was learning, and got married to Jim Mm -hmm. and had Laura at a very young age. Married at 19 and had Laura at 19. Kathy and Jim were married for 26 years. They had three children. Laura was their first. Laura Halford, who's been on our podcast, and Laura's married to Christian, who's also been on our podcast. And her son, Chris, who's our teaching pastor here, who is married to the other Catherine Holm, who is here tonight. (laughs) Kate and Chris have two daughters that are Kathy's only granddaughters, Kana and Corinne. And her youngest son, Luke. Jim and Kathy were married for 26 years and got divorced and have on our 26th anniversary. Did you plan that? (laughs) Oh my God, that was a bad date. (laughs) Can we ask what happened that it happened on your anniversary? Oh, no, that just happened to be scheduled. The judge scheduled it. Oh, okay. That is fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. So to the day they were married for 26 years. She's been divorced for 19 years. And Kathy has had lots of occupations. She's super creative. She She started out at Heartland as an aide and an art teacher, a photography instructor, and then she worked at the Das Dutch House as a cake decorator. She's got mad skills. Laura picked up on her skills Mm because if you remember, Laura is the, what do you call that? The British baker? The star baker. Oh, I was like, wait, what do they call that? It is true. The star baker. Laura is the star baker. She got those skills from her mama. And it's pretty fun being in Kathy's family because every, well, the girls would say this at every birthday, they choose their own cake. The theme. The theme, exactly what they want, how they want it decorated. They've chosen some very interesting things. Yes. Like a Minecraft pig, a hot pepper. I was looking at the popsicle one that you made. Oh, that's right. I made a popsicle. They're phenomenal. And we're so lucky because she makes Ooh, them do we have pictures? We'll have to put those Chris on takes Instagram. pictures every time. She also started her own business, making pottery and ceramic growlers for local breweries. She's technically retired, but now she's into painting and everything else she can think about when she gets her hands on it. Kathy's super creative. Her hobbies include, but are not limited to, basket making, sewing, quilting, knitting, crocheting, pottery, painting, drawing, stained glass, gardening, lino cut, printing, photos, house building, and car fixing. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You added a couple there. (laughs) Kathy's been a part of the Upper Room for the last 38 years. She also discovered five years ago that she has ADHD. Inattentive ADHD. Inattent- if I remember the word. 
which is not really a good word, I don't think, because you hyper-focus on some things. And then you forget about other things. But everything else is gone, yeah. So she found that out five years ago, and it's revolutionized her life. Looking back. Well, it's understand a lot. Helping her understand. But she's magnificent and marvelous, and we're blessed that she has an attentive ADHD (laughs) because (laughs) we are all the recipients of her creativity, so... But God, I think it's so God good. made you that way. So we yep, love it. That's for sure. I think it's so good, though, to be able to put a name to that, though. I feel like it relieves such stress and confusion. Once there's a name. Yeah. This is inattentive ADHD. And these are all the things I feel. And these are the reasons. Yeah. I it makes it things a lot. much better. A lot more mm-hmm. why I acted the way I did. So welcome, Kathy. We're yeah. so honored to have you here today. So tell us, Kathy. Who or what turned your light on? My dad. Absolutely my dad. He was my best friend, and he was amazing. I'm sure everybody says that about their dad. But he um, loved everybody, no matter what they looked like or what they did or who they were. He was always bringing people home, kind of on the margins of society, and bringing them to supper. And It was just wonderful. He was a pastor. I was born when he was in seminary over by Chicago. Mom and dad had met in college, and she graduated, and then he went on to to do seminary, and I was born while we were there. And then he was a pastor in Cleveland for six years in an inner-city church. And there were a lot of, well, like Puerto Ricans and Ukrainians and different things like that. It was a very interesting church. A lot of diversity. Yeah, there really was. And actually, our best friends there were Puerto Ricans that they bought some land with down in East Palestine. We'd go down there every weekend, and they'd roast pigs and see that. It was wonderful food. I still <laughs> remember all that wonderful food. If you ever heard about anybody that needed any help, he helped them. I spent a lot of time with him. Whatever he would do, I would, I would pretty much do it with him, like work on cars or whatever he wanted to do. He'd go fix somebody's plumbing or fix their car or work on their house. Well, actually, when... When Hartland bought the old Columbiana High School, he and Mom moved. They bought the house across the street so that he could volunteer there and be there every day full time. And he fixed the boiler system because it wasn't working, and he got that working. And he'd go over at 5 o'clock every morning when it was cold to make sure the heat was on and everything was warmed up. And he did so much over there. But he loved it, and he loved children and, and just helping people. And when I was a child, I remember he was very involved in the civil rights movement, he took my sister and me on a civil rights march one time. It was a big march, like 20,000 people or something like that in Cleveland. I remember riding on his shoulders and seeing just, you know, thousands and thousands of people. And it was just really cool. And like if he saw something that he didn't like, you know, he didn't think was right, he tried to change it. So he was an advocate. He was. He wasn't afraid to try to change things. He went to marches in Washington, D.C. and different meetings and things like that. So he modeled Jesus for you. Oh, yes, very much. Not just in preaching or but in his lifestyle yes. and how he loved people. Yes, very much. I feel like I have a good model for Jesus because he was the most Jesus-like person I know or knew. He's there now with yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Kathy's dad was Lowell Wellman. Many of us know him from the community and all the work that he's done. If you knew him, you loved him, and he probably touched your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was ordained into the Anglican Church in his late 70s. In between being the pastor early in life and then father in later life, he really was pretty much a pastor and at work. Wherever he was, he, he was a model to people that way. and just. How was that for you, being a pastor's daughter and coming home pregnant out of wedlock? 
It was very hard. It was so hard to tell them because I expected them to get really mad, and they didn't get mad, but they were very disappointed. And that was, I think, even worse. worse. They weren't the kind of people that would yell at you or anything mm-hmm. like that. He was very calm and just, yeah, he said he was disappointed. And I, oh, break your heart. <laughs> then he apologized. Oh, he, he said, Laura was his first grandchild, and he just loved her to pieces. He learned a lot on Laura, though. I have a lot of stories about things he did with Laura that he didn't do with the other ones. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't work. (laughs) Well, one time I had gone to a Bible study with my sister. I left Laura at home with Dad. It was just Laura and Dad. And Laura loved cheese. She loved Velveeta. She still loves Velveeta to this day. I mean, she would just sit down and eat Velveeta. But I came (laughs) home. I started walking up to the door. It was a screen door. And she's standing there holding this block of Velveeta, like that loaf of Velveeta. And the the foil's like turned back, folded back. And the whole top is like rounded and has little bite marks all over it. He just let her just walk around and eat Velveeta (laughs) from the loaf. He said, well, she wanted it. She likes it. (laughs) (laughs) She wanted it. So growing up in a Christian home and seeing your dad and your parents model Jesus, when was it that you made that connection? Because we've talked about this a lot for those of us who were raised in Christian homes that there comes a point where you have to make it your own. Yes, right. Do you remember that time? I do remember that time. I was an adult. I had two small children. I had Laura and Chris. Oh, we heard about this on Laura's. I was at home all by myself all day long and two little kids. And I used to turn the TV on just because I was lonely, basically, and it was nice to hear somebody talking. And the 700 Club would come on, and um, I remember one time, they, I was kind of watching it. They started praying for people, and they said, kneel down in front of the TV and, and reach your hand out and pray with us if you want to accept Jesus into your heart. And I did it. That's how I was saved. <laughs> and how did things change for you? They didn't change a whole lot right away. I was excited, and I read the Bible, and I remember just crying because, I mean, I like the story of the crucifixion. And I mean, I knew that. I'd heard it all my life because I'd gone to church all my life. But the first time I read it, it's just such an emotional thing. Um, We didn't start going to church for a while, and then finally Jim wanted to go to church, so we started going to the New Waterford Methodist Church. And we really liked it there, and then that pastor left, and my dad had been coming to the upper room. So he invited us here, and we came, and we been here ever since. I, I have been here ever since. I remember how long I've been here is when Chris was four and Laura was six. It's been 38 years. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they were a good example to me. I did, one thing I wanted to say was in Cleveland when we were there, we had 15 foster children. during that In your time, family? During that time period, not all at once. It was okay. all just one or two. But Seven most years. of them came right out of the hospital, brand new, newborn babies. And some didn't leave till they were a year old which is very hard on my mom. Yeah, we always had other little kids around the house and babies. And so that was kind of a, just another way of showing how, how great my parents are. <laughs> so that's Is your mom still me. alive? Yes, she is. She lives next door to me. Kathy, tell us, what lights you up? Well, I've been thinking about this. Probably lots of things. Yeah. <laughs> well, art has always been just a constant in my life, working with my hands, doing something with art. Were your parents creative? My dad wasn't an artist, but he was very creative. He could fix anything and always was working with his hands, doing woodworking or whatever. I would say he was creative, yes. I remember she used to draw little pictures of ladies when I was young. Like she would draw this real pretty lady. And I just thought she was an amazing artist, but that's all I ever saw her draw. I guess she had some talent. 
So right. art lights you up. Well, it does. But I was also remembering Chris had a teaching a while ago where he asked, what breaks your heart? Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. That just really hit me. And I did a lot of thinking about that. And the first thing I thought of was babies that have been aborted. I worked with Lifeline for a while, and it just just was heartbreaking. Then I started to think, well, it kind of expanded to anyone who needs help. All people are deserving love and respect. They're all of value. And I just uh, would like to just help people as much as I can. But I'm not real sure how to do that with art. And this last year has been a weird year because I kind of was in hiding. I mean, I didn't do much of anything. You were locked out? Yeah, I didn't go out and be around people at all. So it's been kind of hard. I mean, coming back to church is a little stretching for me now. And when I stopped going to church at the beginning of the pandemic, every week I always said, well, I'm going to talk to somebody I've never talked to before. And I could do that. But lately, it's been hard to do, especially when you had a mask on, and that made it even harder. But I'm getting back into it now. Oh, so when you come to church, you are purposeful, like, I haven't met that person. Yeah, I look for someone I haven't spoken to yet. Everyone should be like Kathy. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. (laughs) It's hard. It's very hard, because some people are just wonderful. And, you you know, they just get right into a conversation, you feel like you've known them forever. And then some people are like, hi. Are you from around here? Bob? Yeah. Where are you from? Here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, nice to meet you. Sometimes I feel I'm in a book club and my friends tease me because we went to this book club and we didn't know anybody. So my goal was like, I need to meet everybody here so I know who's in the book club. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, hi, I'm Beth. What's your name? And they're like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you're introducing yourself to people. I'm like, well, how else are you going to get to know them? that's true. But I'm an extrovert. And so... I'm not. So it's very hard. So thinking of this bouncy extrovert coming, hi, I'm Beth. What's your name? (laughs) (laughs) I'd be scared. (laughs) I'll have to learn how to tone it down. I'd be one of those... um, I need an extrovert (laughs) or an introvert radar, like, tone it down, Beth. (laughs) I tell everyone in our Sunday school class, you guys are all section greeters. IW section greeters, your job is whoever you sit around, if you don't know them, you should introduce yourself to them and make them feel welcome. Right. You're all hired. And you'll get a raise next week if you do a good job. That's so good. (laughs) But it's hard. Right now, it's hard because you don't know how long these people have been coming here. I mean, I didn't come for months. Oh, I know. You're like, you don't know if they're new. Is this your first time? And they're like, no, I've been here for two years. I don't say that. I said, how long have you been coming? (laughs) I've said that. I'm like, is this your first time? And they're like, no, we've been here for two years. And I'm like, oh, I sit on the other side of the church. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get over to the left side very often. (laughs) That's why we have to have section greeters. Mm. So listen, if you're listening out there, that's your job. You are a section greeter. So wherever you sit, and I know everybody has their favorite seats, your job is to be a section greeter. Really what I hear you saying is, the sanctity of life yes. is what you're passionate about, not yes. just before birth, but even after birth oh, yes. and, that, and carrying on. Yeah, and I don't think it's a political thing at all. I think it's a Jesus thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus was, he didn't care what people looked like or what they had done. I mean, I don't, I, mean, I guess I, I would like to help people, immigrant children and families, people affected by racism, maybe people on death row, people in the midst of war. I'm just... Anyone that's struggling and having a hard time with suffering, poverty, anything like that. And it's just, it breaks my heart to see people that way. And I I don't know how to help them. And you can't help everybody. But I think it's okay to try to change things. I mean, the first thing I do is pray. I have written some letters. 
He was basically saying the things that break your heart are things that you're called to, right. that you should be getting involved in right. and trying to make a difference and not just sitting yeah. in your seat saying, oh, that's sad, but you're angry. What makes you angry? What breaks your heart? What makes you sad are things that God has called you yes. to impact. And I see that when I think about my dad, I, he was not afraid to try to make a difference. And he, I think, felt that way too. And I my dad and I had lots of long conversations. I mean, he, we just talked all the time. Nothing was off limits. You know, we talked about everything. And I really feel like he kind of instilled in me uh, that love of people that are hurting. So, Kathy, tell us, in this season of your life, how are you letting your light shine? It's kind of overwhelming. I mean, now that I think about all these different things, I really don't know how to narrow it down. You know, it's hard to say, okay, I'm just going to work on this or this. And how do I use art to help people if I can. I would like to do that. I don't, I'm not financially, you know, well off, so I can't just give money to different groups like some people might be able to do. But there are a couple of things that I can do. I mean, first pray, definitely. And I think writing handwritten letters to someone who you have a concern about. I mean, write to the president. I've done that before. Well, and I forgot to mention that Kathy also does calligraphy. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I... <laughs> I would like a handwritten calligraphy letter from you, Kathy. <laughs> On a card with one of my drawings on the front. Yeah, that would make my day. <laughs> and just, um, I'd like to just get in touch with maybe you know like-minded groups and organizations and ask them how how can I help you? What can I do? Can I, is there anything I can do? So you really feel like you're in a stage of life where you want to help and you know you want to use your art, yes. but you're not sure exactly how to be most impactful with that. Yes, but I have come up just in the last week, though, two different opportunities have come up. There's this group that Chris is involved with in town. Uh, the theater. Called the Columbiana Community Coalition or something like that. He's on the, the board. Community something. Yeah, well, they're having this arts festival in July on the main street. They're closing up the main street, and they're going to have artists around town actually painting pictures and you can watch them paint their pictures and then the next day there's something at homestead where they're going to auction the pictures off the paintings off and that money is going to go to this coalition so i'm going to do that I thought, well there's something i could do mm -hmm. i'm not sure exactly you know the money's to buy the theater but i think that's very helpful for people to i mean they're going to sounds like they're going to do a lot of things and maybe some things will help to help right and every little bit like when you've got a big project and a big goal every little bit adds up mm-hmm so, Kate, it's not often that you have your mother-in-law sitting around. <laughs> uh -oh. our well, it's been so probably knows the last better than anybody around here. I mean, the last couple of weeks have been like Laura, sister-in-law, Christian, brother-in-law, Kathy, mother-in-law. <laughs> Closing the family now. I know. We're like turning into the Osbournes. Oh, man. But tell us, you see Kathy in and out of life, not just at church, but making beautiful cakes and oh my goodness, yeah. loving her family well. Yeah. I would say that we're the beneficiaries of all the awesome things that she's able to do and make and create, and it's wonderful. And honestly, how blessed are Kana and Corinne that they are Kathy's only grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> so we know where that's going. <laughs> there, they, oh, and I mean, if I can just say, just in that, watching the gifts and the abilities and talents that are being passed down through generations, it's amazing to me. I'm always in awe of like what Kathy can do and what Chris can do. But then I watch it start to pop up. It's blooming in your girls. That yes. That that Kana did the other day. Yes. 
Chris sent me a picture of a painting that she had done. It was amazing. And I'm in awe because that's not something. Because Kate has no hobbies. <laughs> oh, I have no hobbies, <laughs> which we've discussed makes Chris crazy. <laughs> but, but you just, don't have ADHD. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't you wish? <laughs> don't you wish you had ADHD? Of course. <laughs> We'd have 17 hobbies. <laughs> They are so much like you guys. And it's just amazing to me. I mean, they do stuff I couldn't imagine doing. And so it's a blessing to be a part of the family. But to see that stuff in the family, like, come through in them. Oh, it's so cool. I love it. I love your girls. They're amazing little girls. And girls. Laura talked about you too when she was in Texas going through a hard time that you just really encouraged her like, it's time to come home. Yeah. I was ready. Chris and I talked about it. We were ready to just go pack her up. Go pack her up and bring her home. And your prayers for Mm -hmm. her are a result of her and Christian being here. I totally believe that, that Mm -hmm. God, I feel like God hears mama's prayers. (laughs) I feel like maybe my dad's prayers had something to do with Laura being here. Looking back, I think, you know, why did I want this baby so much? You know what I mean? I, I could have gotten an abortion like all my right. friends were doing. But there was just something in me that said, no. I'm like, huh. Well, and that's really interesting because that was back in the yeah. 70s. Mm-hmm. When in the, it wasn't just the civil rights movement, but the feminism movement and Roe versus Wade. Yeah. And so it was something that was more accessible to you at the time that you yeah. got pregnant than it might have been for women that were even it was legal f- five years older than you or that that's a godsend. So sometimes when we operate out of sin, and there's consequences to that, that there's so much redemption in that with God, and you can make one bad decision, and then make another bad decision, and then right. another bad decision, or you can make a bad decision and there be consequences, but you decide to make sometimes what's a hard decision, but it's a good decision. Mm-hmm. I used to tell my kids, you can make a bad decision and a worse decision. Mm-hmm. You can choose to drink when you shouldn't, but the worst decision is getting behind the yeah. car and driving when you're drinking. Right. There's levels, you know, sometimes sin can spin a web around us where we make one bad decision and then it just spirals into right. several bad decisions and, you know, we're living with the consequences of that. I love that, that your dad's prayers probably kept Laura here. I just wonder, I know he was praying. He prayed and prayed. And I know that. I know my mom did too, because they were, were worried about me. I did some unwise things in college. Everyone anyway. at the table here did some unwise <laughs> things in college. Talk college about. was kind of a crazy time. And I was young. I was 17 when I was in college. When I went to college and I made friends who were, you know, 20s. Jim was 23, I think, when I met him. He was about to graduate. Yeah. Sometimes you get swept up in. Yeah. One of the other things that I really appreciate about the home family, I love the way that Chris grew up, you know, out in the country in a log cabin, in With nature. hippie parents. Homeschooled. With chickens, we had a cow. There's just such a level of calm that I have really grown to appreciate about them. It's just calm and welcoming, and there's just ease and quiet <laughs> to their life. A lot of peace. Usually I'm very... I feel very content with my life because I just do what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hey, love that do kind of life. It's time to do this. <laughs> and Amazon is really not good for me. Oh, <laughs> one click shopping. <laughs> well, if I, you know, I want to start doing, I don't know. Sometimes that's super convenient. 
and they, if sometimes you get things like within right 24 now. hours you're I know. like i like that <laughs> i want those, that charcoal paint right now yeah i love pens and paper and pencils and things like that <laughs> well and i love that too not only are they chill and calm and peaceful but they are also artistic and Chris is so that way everywhere we go. He finds a notebook. Yeah. It doesn't matter what store we're in. I'm like, I didn't one. even know they carried notebooks in this store. And he finds one. I have so many notebooks. No, I love them. Don't need more notebooks. Did you see the, the <laughs> notebooks at Ace Hardware? Oh, do they have notebooks? <laughs> I have to find them. I don't know, but that would be Chris. Like, Any- look, oh, at this, yeah. look at this handy notebook. Anything with a blank page. Yeah. And with the um, grid on it. I love the gridded ones. She's yeah. getting really excited over here <laughs> talking about graph paper. <laughs> but I feel like that's so, I mean, to me, I don't consider myself a very creative person. But watching them create and Kathy create, it's so good because at the heart, you know, that's what God is. He's a creator. And so people create. And I feel like when they create, there's just such goodness in that. It's so fulfilling to do and create. Watching that or receiving that is amazing too. And so I need to take Chris's advice and get a hobby. Very good at something. The calligraphy Ow. when you were doing that. For yeah, I'm like, that's amazing. dumb. It was great. Oh, <laughs> Where's my calligraphy <laughs> letter from you? Here's She's very good at calligraphy. I feel like and you've I been holding you out be a, on me. You're a writer. I think you're very creative. I just in different ways. The, the, Maybe not the. It's a mindset thing. problem though, because in my head I'm like, it's not. It's not worth it if I can't produce with it. Oh, do you know what I'm saying? We know where I, we're going here. It I'm is not, a three speaking. It's a three speaking. <laughs> I have difficulty with creativity, which is why I think I love watching you create and Chris create because there's nothing required on the other end. Like you guys just make and come up with these absolutely fascinating, beautiful things all the time. And that's enough. I give most of my stuff away. I love that though. Because <laughs> for Christmas, I give things away that I've made. There's just joy in the actual making of it. Which is yes, what I struggle is, with. Yeah. Like, I don't feel the all the joy in the making of it unless I know on the end there's going to be use for it. Do you know what I'm saying? Use as in like... I understand. You're more into the final product. Right. But I don't think that's a correct mindset. Sometimes like, the process is what is the most fun. Right. Just doing it. And then once you know how to do it, though, it's... On to the next. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> it gets repetitive. So you, you said you're doing like, a lot of painting right now. What I'm are you painting? painting. Canvases, pictures. Like people, flowers. Some pictures of people. I gave Christian and Laura, I gave them a painting of... For Christmas, I gave them a painting of them on their wedding day. Florals, the ocean, pretty leaves. You know, just... Oh, I, I just did some of some tomatoes and some oranges and lots of bright colors, basically. <laughs> But God is an amazingly creative God, and I just love that that's his heart for us, to continue to create. And I know that we create in lots of different ways. You don't create the same way as Kathy does, but there's something so beautiful and special to the really, really artistic people, because they just bring a whole new aspect of... I think our minds work a little differently. I love it. Because what you create is great, but it's... Schedules and budgets. Yeah, somebody has to do it. (laughs) I never could do that. I wouldn't be able to do that. I do think that's creative, though. I mean, it sounds very boring, but it can be creative. It is. Scheduling. It's just different. A gazillion people on Mm -hmm. open, a gazillion hours. And I'm exaggerating. 
it's not as fun. It's a little boring, but it can be creative. It's not boring to me. I actually like it. But yeah. Kathy would look at it and say, oh, gosh, that's terrible. Right. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Unless it was in a blank notebook with <laughs> gridded paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I just put it on, on graph paper. And <laughs> I'd be okay. <laughs> with color, color pencils. <laughs> But I think that's such an example to other people, though, is to say, I teach myself or I learn new things. I feel like it's really easy to get older and stop learning how to do stuff. I get in that rut where I'm just satisfied oftentimes with what I am able to do. But it's been amazing living with Chris, who's never satisfied with what he's able to do. And he's always, he's like you, he's always learning something new. That is push to me. That's very stretching for me, but I'm glad to live with the example of that because we should be learning and expanding and stretching ourselves. What's the last thing you've, you're teaching yourself how to do? Well, I've been painting. I'm, most of my life I've just drawn with pencils and colored pencils because you really have a lot of control with a pencil. And I painted some in college. I never really liked it because you can't control it as much. And I've been painting, trying to get better at it. I read somewhere that to get your style and know, you know, how you want to do these things, you have to paint 250 paintings. Ooh, what number are you on? I don't know. It's not 250. <laughs> <laughs> so Kathy's every time going I... to do t- painting portraits in the, <laughs> in the lobby on Sunday. Oh, <laughs> She will love you. No. <laughs> so I've been working on that. I mean, some of them are a lot more detailed and some of them are looser. And just I'm trying to kind of find my style. Each painting is very different. It's been fun, but I've been actually just kind of trying to Learning. learn how to paint. It's good to learn. Kate, what are you learning? You know what? It's so interesting you ask. I told my girls every week through the summer, we were going to the library and we were going to learn about something. We went to the library today. And spoken like a true three, I got a book on pie baking because I make terrible pies. I feel like I can bake, but I can't do pies. And so I said, I'm going to try to make a better pie crust. I want it to be good. That's very noble. Jaden and I (laughs) are going to Handles once a week this summer. And we are working our way through the flavors. Because our goal is to try every single flavor. Because we used to just go and get chocolate pecan all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I came up with theme days where I take the kids and we had to get our second choice. I'm like, it's a second choice day. You're not allowed to get your favorite. This summer, we're working our way through the flavors. And looking at the board, I thought, ooh, grape and banana. Those look terrible. I'm saving those for last. But actually... I got banana this week, and it was so good. Ew. I, I might have to get it again. Ew. No. Well, see, that's very creative. That is. My hips might <laughs> be paying <laughs> for that. But, <laughs> but I am teaching myself how to play pickleball. Oh, that's great. I have been on the new courts in Columbiana. If any pickleball players are out there, me and my pickleball buddy pickleball are is. playing at 6.30 in the morning. Oh, is it like and tennis? What's it like? It's like tennis, Miniature? ping pong, oh. <laughs> wiffle ball. I don't know. but what do, you, do you use a racket? It's a racket. What kind of ball? Is it has it holes ball? in it. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's very fun. And I'm going to be in the Olympics for pickleball. Oh, all right. <laughs> Here we go. Just for Columbiana. The Columbiana <laughs> Olympics. I'm on day two. This is great. See, we're all doing things. Yeah, we're stretching ourselves. Yeah. Well, my goal is to do a painting a week. 
I haven't kept okay, to so, that, but that's, oh, that's a, interesting. Geez, I'm eating ice cream. Kathy's painting, and Kate's getting get a book the from pies. the library and learning something new every week. Yeah. Pickleball <laughs> is a great thing to learn. Now, is yes. there a disc golf course there? I think. Well, actually, Not yet, they moved but yes. it. I know they had talked about it. I thought that it wasn't up yet. Did they move it somewhere? Well, they had one, but I think because they closed the road, it was up there by that road. Oh. I haven't seen it yet. So, yes, there will be. My question, ooh, so question number four, would you like to share an experience that you've had that was supernatural? I had a couple of One time when I was a child, I was in bed sleeping, and I woke up and someone, that was my dad, said, I love you. I went back to sleep feeling very comforted, and I, oh. the next day I mentioned it to my dad. He said, I wasn't in your room. He said, I think it was Jesus. So I just, that was interesting. I still remember that because it was, I was sure it was my dad. I've had some words of knowledge, things like that. And I didn't know what to do with those. One time we had just started coming to the upper room. It was over at the school building. Oh, Joshua Dixon. Yeah. And I felt like there was someone there who needed, a woman who needed prayer for her feet and her ankles. We had hardly met anybody. I didn't know anybody. I thought, what do I do? What do I do? And I didn't do anything. You know, 10 minutes later, somebody said, we need to pray for this woman for her feet and ankles. I never was sure if it was real. And I didn't want to, like, say something and then, like, there's nobody there with that name. Nobody, you know. Oh, yeah. I haven't had that enough. I mean, I haven't had that experience very often. I would hope now, if I ever get a word like that, that I would do something about it. I would know more. I feel like those moments are intimidating. Yes. And I feel like you almost need sometimes a group of people that you trust or in relationship with to practice with that and to work on that. Right. Yes. So that you can gain some courage and that helps. Be strong and courageous. Yes. (laughs) For the Lord your God is with you. It's good. I had someone tell me today that they see Jen at church and they were like, wow. You get a little bit from the podcast. You just get a little bit of these people's lives. It's starting place. Yes, it is. I've enjoyed listening to them. And I mean, even people I thought I knew, I find out new things on the podcast. It's enough to find out a little mm-hmm. in order to jump in if yes. you want. Creating a connection. Where there's room for more, obviously. So, so, so much more to every single person who's been on this podcast and who shares just little pieces of their life. You know, Mm -hmm. you could say, I could go into more detail. And there's so much more to say every time, but get to scratch the surface. Well, I was hoping maybe you guys would have some ideas about how I could use art to help people. Have you done prophetic art? What is prophetic art? It's like you paint, you get your easel and paints and while worship is going on, you just start creating stuff. Oh, I've seen that. And paint whatever Jesus is telling you to paint. There are churches who have easels up who just, you just paint during the worship service. You'd be like the interpreter, that sign language person, everyone be staring at you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like your nightmare. You do in the back of the church. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You come in and say... God, you know, what can I paint today? And a lot of times in some of the churches that I've been to, they give them to a person when they're finished. I think we talked about this a little bit with Wesley because she's an artist too, but I think art brings joy to people. Yes. And if you know that by creating, and you said it, you give things away, you give most of your stuff away, that that is creating joy for people Mm -hmm. and you're giving that away. And I think that that's a blessing. And there is ways to... Even you should think about, this is a new term. I don't think it exists, but advocacy art. Hmm, Think about that. 
What does that look like? You could be painting a picture or telling a story or Mm -hmm. advocating for some of the marginalized people groups, bringing attention and highlighting it. So you're creative. (laughs) Did you just have like a moment of genius? What was that? It's the banana ice cream. Well, I really have to think about that. I, I do know when I'm making something, I, I, mean, I crochet or knit, you know, but when I'm making something, I'm thinking about the person that I know I'm going to give that to. I'm praying for them. And the whole time, I'm just, my mind is on them. Now, the painting's not so much unless it's a painting I know I'm going to give to someone specific, but I enjoy that though. My heart is kind of in that Yeah. Mm-hmm. when I give it to them. And I love that you're praying for them too while mm-hmm. you're creating. And sometimes if I don't know who's going to get it, I just pray for the person who's going to get it. Well, Kathy, it's been such a pleasure having you on our show and it's been fun listening to your stories. And something that I love about you is you're the mother of the teaching pastor and you take notes and pay attention to what your little boy is saying (laughs) and you take it to heart. And so I love that. She just reminded us all that was a great sermon series. I don't remember what the title of it was when Chris asked us. What breaks your heart? heart? What makes you angry? Pay attention to that because God is putting a call on your life to do something about that. So Kathy, thanks so much for reminding us about that important message that Chris shared with us. I think that's probably the whole, that's all I remember of that one message, but it just stuck with me. It's just like, whoa, what breaks my heart? Spoke to me. Yeah, And I love that you are passionate not only about the unborn, but the born and that the sanctity of life is not just in the early stages of life, but you carry that through and that that God and Jesus believe in the sanctity of life through the end. And that it's not just, you know, let's pick and choose when we're going to say life is sacred, but it's sacred all the time for everybody. Everybody. And also, if you're looking for some hobbies, Kathy can give you lots of... I have lots of books. <laughs> lots, she probably has lots of material left over, too. <laughs> I have so many works in if you're progress. In, oh, my goodness. If you're into lino cutting, if you don't even know what that is, <laughs> talk to Kathy. She'd be great to brainstorm with. <laughs> what should I do? So thanks, Kathy. Well, thank you. We look forward to... Uh, hey, if Kathy... It might be your Sunday. Yeah, if Kathy hasn't <laughs> met you yet at church for her because her goal is to meet somebody new every week (laughs) it is it's hard but i do it so you can too yeah so make sure you tune in next week for another special guest Bye. bye